haters. Everybody has them. People who are jealous or envious or maybe just mean. They are out to tear you down. They use their words to mar your image. They can bring a lot of stress and worry into your life. But what if I told you that worrying about your haters is a waste of time? Because if the king loves you, it doesn't matter who hates you. This is more to the story. I am your host, James Jones. Welcome back to another episode of More to the Story. I am delighted to be able to spend some time with you today. On the onset, I will ask for your prayers. We have been battling a little bit of congestion throughout my house, my wife and my daughter and myself. Today I was handicapped during preaching. <laughs> this this is Sunday that I'm recording this. So um, in preaching, I... I had to tone it down. I wasn't able. My voice is weak. My throat is is crackly and in weak. Still trying to get over the congestion and the and uh, the sore throat and things like that. So I covet your prayers. Being sick is no fun. But nevertheless, we love to talk about the Bible, and so I'm on here today to to talk about the Bible. I don't have anyone on here with me today, unfortunately. You just have me. But we're going to talk about something fun. If I asked you who your favorite character was in the Old Testament. If you was to choose any of the patriarchs or the prophets or the kings or any of the soldiers, the warriors of the Old Testament, who would that be? Who is your favorite Old Testament character? I'll make a post about it on Facebook and um, go to our Facebook page, More to the Story. Like us on there, follow us there, and comment on the thread. Let us know who your favorite character is in the Old Testament But we're going to be talking about Daniel for a few moments. In Daniel chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, let's just read a couple verses real quick. The Bible says that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these princes should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Daniel was promoted because of his attitude, because of his spirit, because he had an excellent spirit in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the princes, they sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God, the law of his God. Daniel's an interesting story. And I want to talk about him for just a few moments and not just him alone, but I want to talk about him and the king, him and his relationship with his king, Daniel's king. The people of God were in captivity at this time. Um, Babylon, in the years prior, had defeated Israel and taken them captive. The people of God were brought to Babylon, and there they, they learned to exist in a new kingdom, in a new culture, 
in a new way of life, new food, new dress. Everything was new to them. They had to learn how to live in Babylon. The king of Babylon at that time was a man named Nebuchadnezzar, and he ordered that any of the young men from Israel that seemed to be wise, intelligent, or capable of learning to bring those young men into the palace. And he said, we will teach them and school them on how to be wise in Babylon. And among those chosen was a man named Daniel. He was a man that loved God, and God loved him. And real quick, the king recognizes that Daniel is special. When the king has dreams that nobody else can interpret, Daniel interprets them. And in the words of King Nebuchadnezzar, he he says, Daniel has the wisdom of the gods. Daniel establishes a great relationship with this king until the day that Nebuchadnezzar dies. And after he dies, um, Belshazzar takes the throne and Daniel interprets the writing on the wall. And once again, he's brought to the top of the counselors. Daniel lives longer than Belshazzar. And after the death of that king, another takes his place and his name is Darius. I know some people pronounce it differently, but that's how, that's how I pronounce it. His name is Darius. King Darius loves Daniel and makes him a leader over the princes of the kingdom. Because of Daniel's relationship with God, God gives him wisdom and favor with the king. Now get this, not with the princes or the counselors or the lunch ladies, but with the king. You see, when you are close to God, he will make you desirable in the eyes of those who are important to your destiny. Not everyone will like you, but the ones who are important to your future will love you. We see this because everybody else hated Daniel. The king loved him and made him a ruler over the princes, but the princes hated him and the counselors hated him because he was closer to the king. They despised Daniel and they wanted to get rid of him. Daniel chapter 6 shows us that that when you are living for God and you are in God's favor, that some will love you and some will hate you, right? Some will love you and some will hate you. But it's vital, hear me, it's vital to note that those who love you will be more important than those who hate you. You see, Daniel was hated by the high officials, but he was loved by the king. Daniel was hated by the princes, but he was loved by the king. Daniel was hated by the governors, but he was loved by the king. Daniel was hated by the counselors, but he was loved by the king. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter who is against me as long as the king is for me, right? It doesn't matter who is against Daniel if the king is for Daniel, because they all wanted to kill Daniel. The princes, they were wanting to find something against him to take him out, to move him out of the way, to get him out of position. They all wanted to kill Daniel, but they could not kill him because the king loved him. The counselors wanted to harm him, but they could not hurt him as long as the king loved him. The princes wanted him dead, but as long as the king loved him, they were powerless. See, it didn't matter who hated him because the king loved him, and it didn't matter who wanted him dead because the king loved him. I want to tell somebody, it doesn't matter who is against you if the king is for you. It doesn't matter who puts you down if the king is holding you up. It does not matter who hates you because God loves you and God is for you. I want to encourage somebody today that's listening to this, that God is for you. 
Your pastor is for you. Your brother in the church is for you. Your sister in the church is for you. Quit looking at those who are against you and look around at all those that are for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? You see, these princes and counselors and governors, they they realized that they couldn't hurt Daniel. One, because the king loved him. And in order to harm him, they had to find some fault against him. But they could not find no fault in him. They wanted to find a sin or or a fault with Daniel, some sin in his life that they could expose and bring to the king, but they found none. They investigated and they searched his life and found nothing wrong. I want to ask you, how hard would it be for the devil to expose something in your life? How hard would it be for the devil to find faults against you? If he was to come and investigate your life to see if there's something he can bring to the surface to mar your image or to harm you, would the devil walk away saying, I can't find any fault? Or would he walk away saying they're hateful and unkind and hypocritical and they gossip and they live one way at church and another way at home? They, they don't pray. They don't read their Bibles. They don't witness to their neighbors. You see, the, the enemy investigated Daniel's life and walked away saying, I can't find anything wrong with him. If the devil came to me and investigated my life to find fault, to find sin, to find something to expose, I want that to be my testimony. When the enemy comes in to try to expose me and and let him only find love and kindness and prayer and holiness and worship, I want the devil to be disappointed with how I live. I want him to hate my relationship with God. So they investigated Daniel, and they said he's not breaking any laws. He's not acting a fool. He's not breaking laws. He's not being a rebel. Everything's great with Daniel. And so if he isn't breaking any laws now, then we will need to create a new law. And they decide that the only way to hurt Daniel is to cause a rift between Daniel and the king. They said, we've got to divide Daniel from his king. Did you know that that's the enemy's main tactic with us? The devil wants to separate you from your king because he knows that as long as you are joined to him, as long as you are holding on to that solid rock, that he is limited, very, very limited in what he can do. But if he can cause a division, if he can cause a rift, if he can separate you from your king, then he's going to have more power over you. So we've got to separate, we've got to divide Daniel from his king, find some way to pull him away, to get him out of the love of of, of King Darius. So they tricked the king into signing a document saying, anybody who prays to any other god will be thrown into a den of lions. It said more than that, but that's all I'm, I'm, I'm giving you for right now. In verse 10, this is a powerful verse. The princes tricked the king into signing this document. If you are caught praying to any other god, you're going to be killed. You're going to be executed in a pretty horrific way to be thrown into a den of lions for them to eat you alive. You're not dead when they throw you in there. You are alive when you get tossed into there. And so while still alive, the lions will rip you apart and tear you to shreds. It's a pretty horrific way of going. And this is the decree that's signed. If you're caught praying to any other god, you're going to be thrown into this den of lions. And so eventually news makes it back to Daniel, 
And one would think that reading this new decree and hearing this, that Daniel would somehow be overcome with fear and anxiety and worry and depression. What am I going to do? But listen to verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his upper house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So Daniel, Daniel, did you hear the new decree? If anyone is caught praying to another God, they're going to be killed. Daniel, what are you going to do now? Are you going to protest? Are you going to picket? Are you going to try to fight this? What are you going to do now? Daniel said, I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done. He said, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been previously doing. Everything that I was doing before this moment, I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. And I'm going to keep serving the Lord because he's never failed me yet, and he's not going to fail me now. So I want to ask somebody, what are we going to do? Sure, things are getting bad. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty easy to look at the world or, or the news and find negative and bad to look at to scare you to put fear in your heart or anxiety. But the question is, what are we going to do? I don't know about anybody else's choice, but as for me and my house, we're just going to keep doing what we've always done. Because we know that the world may be against us, but the king is for us. And so no matter what happens in government, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens on the world stage between different countries and going to war and things, I wake up on a Sunday morning and I get my family ready for church, right? I still lift my hands in worship because I know that God is for me. I still wake up in the morning and I pray and I believe and I trust. I, before I go to bed at night, I still pray and I believe and I trust God. I still open the word of God and I study and I read and I let God speak to me. I still go to church every chance I get. No matter what happens around me, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be afraid or worried because it doesn't matter who hates me if the king loves me. God is for the church. The king of all kings loves his people Okay, the king of all kings loves his people. It doesn't matter who hates you. It doesn't matter who is against you. It doesn't matter who is in office. It doesn't matter what is happening in the world. You have a king that is for you. So Daniel, what are you going to do? I'm going to go up to my chambers and I'm going to I'm going to pray three times a day, just like I've been doing before. Nothing's going to change with me. I'm not going to change my routine. I'm not going to stop going to church. I'm not going to bite all my fingernails off. I'm not going to yell at my spouse. I'm not going to get all stressed out and pull my hair out. I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting God because I know the king can make this right. (laughs) Verse 14 says this. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. So what's happening here? Daniel gets caught red-handed. He is praying, and they knew exactly where to hide to hear him pray. And, and the princes, they arrest him. They bring him, or they, they arrest him, and they take word to the king. And they say, King, did you not sign this decree that if anybody prays to another god, that this is what's going to happen? And he said, Yeah, yeah, I did. And they said, Well, we caught Daniel. <laughs> we caught Daniel, and he's praying, and... And you can't go back on your word. I know you love him, but you cannot go back on your word. And then the Bible says that the king, when he heard this, was much distressed. He realizes he's been duped. 
He's been tricked into signing this. And the Bible says that he sets his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. He worked all day trying to find a loophole, trying to find some way to get Daniel off the hook, trying to find some way to save him, to keep him from being executed by the lions because the king loved him. But to no avail, he, he, he labored all day till nighttime and could not rescue him. King Darius sincerely wanted to help Daniel, but to no avail, because as much as he wanted to help, he couldn't help. King Darius could not help Daniel, but Daniel wasn't worried because Daniel knew that he had another friend that was much stronger than King Darius. Daniel had another king that had much more authority than King Darius. And, and I just want to tell somebody today that, that there are going to be some struggles in our lives where people who love us and sincerely want to help us will not be able to help us. They may be sincere and truly want to find a way to rescue us, but, but even in my worst trial when nobody else can help me, Jesus can help me. In my darkest night when nobody else can help me, Jesus can help me. King Darius sincerely loved Daniel, but he could not save Daniel from the lions. But even when he couldn't, God can. God can. There's going to be moments in your life when it seems that all hope is lost and that every every avenue of escape has been explored and, and, and there's just no way out. There's no open door. There's no way anybody can bring you out of this. Jesus is the answer for that. God is the answer. When, when friends and family can't help you, God can help you. So King Darius couldn't save him. He tried. He labored. He studied. I got to find a loophole. I got to find some sort of way to get, get him out of this. But he could not. And Daniel wasn't worried a bit because he knew that God was in control. And this is interesting. In verse 16, this is when the king is commanding them to throw Daniel into the into the den. The Bible says, Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. The king throws Daniel into the pit to be eaten and tore apart and tore to shreds and, 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 and killed by these lions. And he says this, one last admonition. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And we know the end of the story. We know that the angel shut the mouths of the lions, that God delivered Daniel from the, the lion's den, that he, he didn't have a scratch on him, that God saved him, God rescued him. But the key here is in what this king says. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. The key is serve continually. God was for Daniel because Daniel served him continually. Through the good, Daniel served him. Through the bad, Daniel served him. Through the rain, Daniel served him. Through the sunshine, Daniel served him. In the daytime, Daniel served him. In the nighttime, Daniel served him. In times of plenty, he served him. In famine, he served him. No matter what was happening, Daniel continually served God. Okay? We must not mistake God loving us for God being for us. Let me just say this and we'll get right past it. We must not mistake God loving us for God being for us. God loves us always. He never stops loving us. 
Paul said, I am persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. But just because he's always, he always loves us doesn't mean he always fights for us. God never stopped loving Israel, but on many occasions, God stopped fighting for Israel because of places and positions that they put themselves in and sin that they joined themselves to and idols that they would set up. He never stopped loving them, but he did stop fighting for them on multiple occasions. And I cannot expect God to continually serve me if I don't continually serve him. I can't expect God to be faithful to me seven days a week if I'm only faithful one day a week. If I only pray on Sunday, I read my Bible on Sunday, I only worship on Sunday. How can I expect God to be faithful to me every day of the week if I only give him one day of the week? That's not what this is about. I want God to fight for me, not just on Sunday when I'm at church, but Monday when I'm at work, Tuesday when I'm at work, Wednesday when I'm at work, Thursday when I'm home and there's problems in my house, problems in my family. I want God to fight for me then. I want God to be for me then. And so if if, if he's going to continually serve me or fight for me and be on my side, I've got to continually serve him. When Daniel is thrown into this den, the king says, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And he did. God delivered him. This is the culmination of the event. Daniel is thrown to his death with one last admonition. May God deliver you. This is the last of the last. When you've exhausted all options and nobody can save you from your situation and you're falling down into this pit, you can take confidence in the fact that God can save you and God can deliver you and God can shut the mouth of the lions. Haters, we all have them. Daniel had them. But Daniel wasn't worried about them because the people that loved him were much more important than the people that hated him. Okay, the people that loved him were much more important than the people that hated him. Trust God. God is for you. The church is for you. Your pastor is for you. God can bring you out. Serve him continually. Make, Dave, make, make Daniel's king your king. The king of kings, the king of glory. Jesus Christ is his name. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit shorter. I apologize. Um, But I'm looking forward to spending some more time with you next week. Please like, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us a review if you would like. Uh, that That would bless us. That would bless the podcast. I really do appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.